Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Strife's Sanctum. My name is Citizen Strife, and this week, I'm diving back into Final Fantasy VII. It uh, is a landmark game for many, many reasons, and Lee and I have already talked about it since we did it on the main channel, but this is going to be a little bit different. This is going to be a digression into specifics. Um... Final Fantasy didn't start out mostly with side quests and mini games. I'd say around five, maybe even four to a smaller extent. You can grab some items and get them forged into better items and stuff. But there weren't really like what I would consider side questing. Um, it really took hold in five and then went on further. And games and games and games have gone since then. But... Outside of, say, maybe Final Fantasy X, where, like, the end game is almost ridiculous in how much stuff it has packed into it, Final Fantasy VII is one that also does, for better and for worse. And I'm talking the big ones, like Chocobo Racing and Breeding. I'm talking the small ones, like giving out CPR to a child because Cloud's the only one who can do it for some reason. Um, just little things, big and small, in order, and see where things go. This is going to be kind of off the cuff and just thoughts on, were they effective? Are they things that they should bring back in the in the remake or integrate if they haven't already? You know, just little things. And I'll try to get into remake and integrate on its own time, but if it feels like necessary or is a necessary digression i will and obviously the game starts in midgar and most of midgar tends to be on a smaller scale um you'll get small stuff like hey jump on a pole and get to the shinra building or do other small bullshit the the main bit it concerns wall market and i've said wall market is my favorite part of the game and it's holds true in um inter in, in remake as well and they do a really good job of like recreating like honeybee in and essentially most of the side quests because they added in the coliseum bit as its own cool thing in remake but Essentially, all of the stuff that you did in Wall Market to get Cloud in a dress is recreated almost too well in the neon-soaked depravity, which is Wall Market. But in the original, you do have this, like, weird, like, you're forcing Cloud into a situation to save Tifa, and it's kind of funny that Aerith is the one who does it. I've said before... The reason I like Aerith a lot is that she doesn't take shit from anybody. And this is one of those reasons. Having him go through a gym with a bunch of people to do a squat minigame, you know. I've gotten really good at that one where it's just... If you if you stick with a rhythm, you're never really going to screw up. In the remake, it's a lot harder. They make the timing a lot more intricate and it's easier to fuck up. And it's, I don't think I recall beating the main guy you know because those were difficult inputs um it's a rhythmic input still but it's kind of hard but the idea is that every little thing that you do gives you points to get the better dress and the better outfit going to honeybee inn and finding that president shinra is in there and he's just cosplaying and just having a ball with these random dudes who were executives it's just weird stupid shit and you know, before Final Fantasy 16 became a mature rated game, you'd never see stuff like you'd seen in Final Fantasy 7. You know, just a lot dingier, like breaking into somebody's, a uh, breaking into a toilet to see somebody puking and whatever and giving them a, a digestive aid and just a little stupid shit to create a dress just so you can get into Wall Market and do the thing. Um, and of course, it's all lovingly recreated in, in Remake, which is good. I was never good enough, despite all my rhythm game experience, for whatever reason, I was never able to get the rhythm game stuff down, but I was able to see the different dresses that Cloud was able to get. I've done the Aerith and Tifa ones, though, 
And honestly, as much as I like, I like the purple dress, I, there's something about the, the ninja outfit and the other dresses that she gets. Aerith, obviously, the red dress is the one you want. And the benefit is that she gets them based on your, you know, doing the stupid shit, like getting the cats and whatever. So it's it, they're dumb, but they're useful. I, I think what I find is most annoying about Remake is that time doesn't move. In, in those chapters. But there's a subtle thing. And I don't know if anybody ever picked up on it. I found it strange. Was say you do a side quest. For people in Remake. The word gets around. Super super quick. That you've helped people out. And that your opinion gets changed. All the while. No time has passed. In the real world. Again, it's it's the it's the it's the weird dichotomy. You're on you're on Meteor's clock, and yet here you are going after a chocobo, a gold chocobo, right? You're wasting your time getting a gold chocobo in seven days. Don't ask me how, don't ask me why, but that's the plan. Um, but Walmart is fun. Don Corneo is fun. <laughs> you know, just God, he's always so fucking great. Um, you know, and then you go into the Shinra building, the cool thing of going up the stairs. Tifa's bad language aside, you have, you know, going up the stairs and, and, uh, I've actually been inspired to do stair climbing because of that scene. Um, and some other stuff that I've watched stair climbing hurts too. It, it's impressive. Well, it doesn't hurt, but it's good for you. Um, builds character. Um, but you could do that. You could bust through the world, you know, bust through the building and shoot stuff up and do things. Um, turtles paradise collecting all those things is kind of neat. Um, the biggest thing about the Shinra building, though, is the, ele like, the elevator. It's kind of cool where you can do all the little cool things. Like, one of them is just find a dude, do a thing. One of them is find the items to do the Midgar parts. That's kind of annoying, but it's cool in a way. The thing I don't think they could, I think they could have done more with was the exercise bikes and stuff. You know, just because I'm a fitness guy, I would have liked to just have them waste their time, like, five or ten minutes just being on a fucking treadmill to, like, buff their HP or buff their MP or something. That would have been a neat little use of the exercise area, which they didn't do. You know, so cool stuff like that. Finding all the books for Mayor Domino. I've got more paper cuts than scared. You know, shit like that. Um, so we get to our first big one which is G-Bike. And I'm going to level with you guys. I'm sort of good, and I'm also sort of bad at it. Um, for whatever reason, the game insists on those red guys being dicks so that the... Well, I think it's the orange guys being dicks so the red guys can go after you. Um, but the idea is that if you take damage, the motorball fight gets harder and harder. But there are times where I just cannot seem to do it. I go back to Gold Saucer, and it's just, no, they won't go down. My method, and everybody's different, is to kind of wait it out and kind of go backwards. So if you go to one direction, say if a guy's on the right-hand side, I kind of screen to the left as I swing, and then I come down as I'm swinging as I'm moving to the right. And I found that that's my preferred method of doing damage. Um, I'm not the best at like ramming people with cloud to get through them. That's a bit brute force. And sometimes it's a bit too much. Um, I've, I'm not the best at doing G bike. And I think in gold, in gold saucer, the method of using cloud to ram people is probably more preferable because you don't have the worry about the HP loss. So take that for what it is. I've at most gotten like 12,000, 13,000, maybe 17, you know, but it's not really advisable. It's more fun than anything else because it's a adrenaline pumping thing, but it doesn't really get you a whole lot in the grand scheme of things because you could be doing, um, you know stuff like the battle arena or the chocobo thing so doing g-bike and getting like one or two gps kind of yeah. um moving on to fort condor um i have a lot of thoughts on this even though i 
begrudgingly did it in my playthrough. Um, mostly because it was the show don't tell method. Or I tend to tell don't show, and I avoided. We avoided uh, doing F Fort Condor until we had to. Uh, mostly because some weird thing about trying to do Fort Condor early is I've invested like thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars once, and I've still not gotten them to proc the freaking minigame, so I just gave up. I've had that happen. The, the general idea with Fort Condor is that you can always keep coming back. We read up on a list. It could be HP items. It could be better equipment, stuff for Yuffie, stuff for Red, you know, special cool things. But you'd have to kind of come back every time you fight a dude. It's geared to like 10 or 15 fights. And there are different waves of different dudes doing different things. So light infantry, higher level infantry, the barbarian dudes that do damage, the commanders who basically tank everything, but are, you know, you kill them and you're done, or you can just do what I did and ignore it and just let them walk. Like, if you want to, you can just let them walk to the frickin' house and you beat them and it's done. You know, I'm like, path of least resistance, hooray! Um, so, my method was only do the big fight, and that's the one we showed, was the big fight with tons of dudes. I looked up stuff about Fort Condor in Intergrade, and that's a lot more engaged and a lot more um, unique. It looks like a game board, like a tabletop game board with game pieces and stuff. And you actually get to interact with characters in the game because they have game boards. It's a lot like Sphere Break in Final Fantasy X-2, where you're actually facing off against party members on occasion. And, like, you could face Jesse, you could face Roche, you could face Chadley, you could face whomever. They actually have the game boards that Yuffie has to face off against. And while, again, I'm not the best at Fort Condor because it's a kind of a real-time strategy kind of thing. I'm not, like, tower defense. I'm not really into RTS or turn-based strategy and, you know, defensive stuff and wind conditions and all that. So, so take that for what it's worth. And it's very bare bones. This is not meant... None of the things in this game are meant to be the be-all, end-all. I'd say the most intricacy they've had was in the Chocobo racing, and even then, it's really basic. But I, I give them credit for trying, at least, I suppose, as wonky as some of it is and then while you're doing fort condor you get yuffie i've sometimes spent 10 minutes 15 minutes trying to find her and the game is the game is tricking you the entire time you have to keep talking to her you can't make a mistake talking to her she'll steal your stuff it's really annoying which leads into the affection mechanic since at that point you will have every character will balance into that um you get Yuffie, things start to get interesting with the affection mechanic, because in most games now, especially the Persona style and anything else, they will upfront tell you, hey, this is a segment you can learn about a character, go do it! And was Persona the first? No, but it was the one that really cornered the market on, like, this is the thing that they do. Like, half the game is social links. Final Fantasy did it in a... Um, subtle way in 7 and 10 specifically was if you show affection for a character in battle or you say the right things in dialogue little small things will happen in um, 10 you'll spend more time with a character on a cutscene to Makalania Temple or during Tidus's thing he will you know have the ball thrown to him and if you have a have a girl specifically you know that girl will show up you know little silly silly subtle stuff like that um in Final Fantasy 7 that coordinates to the date and Aerith has priority Tifa is second Yuffie is down at third and Barrett is all the way down at fourth and stuff you say and do in Midgar specifically, but in other places can affect how and what character you get in the Gold Saucer date. Me, personally, I like Yuffie's date more. I might have said that. I think I said this in the um, Kingdom Hearts playthrough. Yuffie is just great. 
um, and rambunctious and whatever. And whatever little affection she can show to Cloud, which is, again, against type because Aerith and Tifa are there, is kind of nice. The problem is you have to go through a lot of hoops to either get Yuffie or Barrett. Barrett is f- just funny because of the hilarity of it. Because, what the fuck are you talking to me? You know, that sort of shit. Um, but they they grow a bromance, I guess, in a way. But to get Barrett, you have to ensure that all the other three are failing. So you have to be mean the entire game. And the way the discussion mechanic works is I don't think Cloud is meant to be a complete dickhead to people i mean standoffish at most in his form but like being nice to people shouldn't be that hard um so in most cases if you go default you're gonna get Aerith without too much trouble tifa doesn't require that much but once you get yuffie you basically have to like do everything but you have to make a con- you have to make a concerned effort to get yuffie as the date option because even then you're no guaranteed it Pissing Tifa off at the beginning, constantly telling Aerith that you're stupid, you know, giving Yuffie the tranquilizer. Everything has to work properly just to have a chance, much less even getting Barrett sometimes. I've made a mistake on a couple of questions that I've gotten Barrett by mistake, and I'm like, okay, well, cool. But the, the rarity of getting Barrett is funny. So you have to proceed in-game knowing which character you want if you don't personally care you're going to get Aerith without trying if you want tifa you can do a little bit of finagling but you're probably not going to need to worry about it the way it works is barrett's at zero yuffie's at 10 tifa's at 30 and Aerith is at 50 so you're going to get Aerith if you don't try and uh, it's it's a cool idea that i don't think gets explored enough the hidden affection mechanic we're so used to social links and confidant links and relationship bonding moments and whatever because they are big things because we're not trying to do romance stories specifically we're trying to have everybody have their own if you like this character go with them you know um they did it without even like having that as a focal point because they still had romance in the game Right, but they still gave you the option to mess with it, which was nice. Um, and that brings us to Junin, which is fun ish, whatever. Uh, first one's good, <coughs> actually, no, first one's bad. Excuse me, the first one's bad. I don't like it. It's the one where you have to get through the parade, and even before that, you have to do the Priscilla. Well, let's backtrack to the CPR minigame. I was getting ahead of myself, the CPR and Dolphin minigame. The CPR one. Why is Cloud the only person who could do CPR to a 10 or 11-year-old girl? Why can't the old guy do it? Why can Aerith do it? Like, physically, sure. Red 13 obviously can't do it. Why is Cloud the one to do it? Don't ask me. Why is it such an annoying thing that it takes 5 to 10 breaths to do it? Because you're waiting for that thing to fill, and you just hear that... And I can't even do it. I get like three breaths and I'm just like, <gasps> but you, you, you see that it's an annoyance. They do it for the sake of doing it. Much like the cliff in, uh, uh, icicle in and Gaia's, you know, Gaia's cliff. The idea that you're all shivering and cold and you have to stand there for, for like 10 seconds to, you know, that shit is just there to be there. It's not necessary. It's got a weird context, you know, because, yes, you're saving the girl, but it's also like then she like sort of fawns over you. It's kind of weird, you know, because, again, she's like really small. And the old dude, the old dude, if he said he didn't know CPR, but Cloud said he did, that'd be one thing. Like if Cloud had said, hey, I'm a soldier, I have CPR, let me save her, that would have shown agency. But the game forces you into it. So it takes the agency away from the player and the character both because you're forced to do the minigame to do the nice thing, yes. But it's just an unnecessary, stupid step that I don't think they're going to want to do. Or if they're going to do it, maybe they'll add stuff like chest compressions or they'll add like a more finicky breathing mechanic, like a bar that goes you know side to side. 
and you do it that way rather than and then the blow. It's just, it was poorly implemented. It was a stupid idea and didn't make sense. It made sense thematically, which is probably why they did it. But that's what you're getting with this game is a lot of stupid extra bullshit. Like the Junin minigames. Yay. Uh, oh, yeah. And Mr. Dolphin, um, pro tip, just just press the whistle twice. Don't even, don't even move. Just, just press the whistle twice, and you're done. You don't even, you don't even need to think. Um, but yeah, Junan, cool idea. My hope in the in the remake is that that place is a lot bigger, and there's a lot more stuff to do because it's a military base. It's a cool idea. Do I want it to be as big as Midgard? No, especially since it looks like remake is going to go all the way to Cosmo Canyon and maybe even Nebel, um, specifically Nebel and maybe even Temple of the Ancients, you need other stuff to do. So Junon, as big as it is, can only have so much. Um, the first minigame sucks because you can't tell if it's going to work with you or not. The March doesn't know if it's going to work with you, so it's kind of like, eh, am I am I there? Nope, I'm back. Mm, nope, I'm back. Funny thing was, during the playthrough... I actually got through it by turning on the turning on the spam uh the fast forward button and just running through it. I didn't proc it per- correctly at all. I just ran through it. It was some sort of glitch. And I was like, I don't care. I got it done. I'm happy. I did it. The good mini game is the formation minigame. The Simon Says, the the triangle, circle, square, X, you know, that part is neat. Um, one, because you get to see Red 13 staring at you in the backdrop on the ship while he's doing it, which is a cool feat. I, I only started noticing that a couple of playthroughs ago. But something that I found was unique about this, not just the fact that you need to get 130 to 150 points for the Force Stealer, which is easily doable um a trick that i've seen fairly recently is that if you're using the face buttons it'll actually show up on the screen slightly higher or lower or to the sides depending on which face button so for instance if you're doing triangle it'll show up higher than everything else if it's on the left it'll be the square button so it's kind of veered to the left so you can kind of you can kind of like like anticipate what it's going to be and press the button because they're very generous i will give the game this as long as you don't stand in the wrong spot or delay too badly the game is willing to work with you and get you points and you know the special is worth the 30 to 50 and it's very easy to get the points and get it done and do it properly and make sure it works so that you don't have that problem. So you, so I found that the formation video game is mini game is is really a unique idea. It's a it's a follow the directions mechanic, but it's done in cloud is doing subterfuge. But you know that you're getting graded, and you know that a special item that you're not going to be able to get for a couple of dungeons is going to be your reward. So it's like, yeah, hey, that's pretty cool. Um, once I learned of that. Uh, formatting mechanic of where the face buttons are it made it even easier so I breezed through that segment for as much as I hated the marching minigame the formation one the commands was fun and I hope they recreate that with a lot of respect just imagining like Cloud having like four or five different camera views and being guided into different things maybe not switching cameras because then it would get disorienting but trying to find a way to interact getting all of the like new visual splendor of the remake, but you add in some of the formations, but maybe you add in like double commands. Maybe you add in different directions. You add a second command. Maybe you shoot the gun up in the air, you know, while you're raising it up, something like that. It's just cool things you could add. I don't know if they're going to go point by point. I know with the squat minigame, they changed it ever so slightly. So they might do the same thing there. Um, but we get through Junon, and we get to the other side of the world, and we get to Mount Coral. There's not a lot over there in Costa del Sol and whatnot. It's mostly just cutscene things. 
Um, the next real mini game tends to be the gold saucer, and that's the fun bit because all the gold saucer stuff is fun. Uh, I'll save the big ones for later. You'll have some smaller things like climbing the climbing the trusses of the of the uh, train on the mountain and whatever. But gold saucer. If anything else other than wall market is going to realize the full scope of, hey, we've spent 20 years. Let's see what, what we can create with our fancy visuals. The gold saucer is going to be it. The allure, the spectacle, like it's a living casino slash amusement park. It is meant to be amazing. I don't know why I said casino. It's just an amusement park. I, I want it to be a casino so bad for some reason. Um, but... That would be pretty funny, a wall market casino. I'm kind of sad they never did that. Um, but just the spectacle, the blues, the yellows, the purples, going into the ghost house and having the dude who's hanging off the fucking rope. Cool little features on every little thing. Trying out the light gun game and sucking terribly at it because I'm not good at light gun games, you know, in the speed area having like four or five different items like a parasol that you can win um the battle arena which i'll get to in a minute um because since we're at the gold saucer we might as well go through everything um I'll, I'll save snowboarding and the submarine for their own segments but but the wonder square is crap um the basketball game i'm terrible at i don't know the timing i've gotten it like the most I've ever gotten with the with the basketball game is two, and it's it's expensive. It's like extortion. It's like two hundred gil for a fucking basketball. Um, at least with you know in actual arcades, you get like five or ten basketballs, right? You get you know three to four. It's really quick. Um, the arm wrestling is hard. You know, the first guy is supposed to be easy, and then the second guy is just like, you know, um. The Wonder Square, the Wonder Catcher is not all that interesting. Um, there's the Rock, Paper, Scissors with the Virtual Fighter. That's kind of neat. Uh, I've gotten all the way to the Disco Dude. I think I think the third guy is the hardest. But the idea is Rock, Paper, Scissors up, mid, low. And for whatever reason, I think the game is... I think the game knows what you're going to do and always knows how to beat you. I've gotten through the normal dude. I've gotten through the fat guy. But that disco guy, I don't even know if there's a fourth dude. And somebody can tell me if, if there was. But I got to the disco dude, and he just wrecked my shit. Um, so there's that. Obviously, you're going to have G-Bike, and you're going to have the snowboarding and the, and the submarine games as part of it. But I'll get to those in a minute. But really... Wonder Square is about Mog House. That is something I'm looking very forward to because you just know in this land of visual, like games like visual novels and stuff like that have come out, that is a pure visual novel or a cutscene waiting to happen, like an interactive cutscene. Like QTEs, just blip, blip. But just like full voice acted. I, I know, uh, I remember Lee just laughing at me because I tried to do like the like the narrator voice. I forget even what voice I gave him. It was just really stupid, but I was like, I'm going to go with it. I don't, I don't care. Um, but, but I just laughed because it was such a silly little thing because Moogles have been a fixture since three and they go full on visual novel. Mog wants to learn how to fly. Mog gets a girl who somehow Mag is just there, right? Somehow he finds the girl and they fall in love at first sight. Well, good for you. That's, I've seen that in real life sometimes, but man, that's that seems very convenient for the story. Uh, but I, I suppose it's better than having to do like a, like a Yakuza or Star uh, Street Fighter 6 like world you know, world tour kind of thing to find the perfect girl. That would be kind of, you know, but, but still it's kind of chintzy that Mag is just right off screen. So Matt Mog is inside his house and then this girl just knocks on the door and you get the thing right. And then one, two, three, four, like 10 kids. I'm like, 
<laughs> so the entire point of doing that like five minute cutscene is to get like 30 gp which at that point is probably the best method of getting that so the guy's just standing there going almost like watching a streamer doing a let's play is like oh my god that was so good thank you for showing it to me here's some money <laughs> and um so then we get you know, later on, you can do stuff like the battle mini game and the chocobo racing. So we'll get to those bigger ones in in disc too. But you keep going, you keep going, you keep going. You can do the buggy. You can do uh, the buggy is interesting because you can go back to Junon and do stuff like the Midgar Zolum. You can find the sleeping dude and get the mithril to get the great gospel. Um, you know, little cool stuff like that. You they're just hidden everywhere. Stuff is hidden in the world. It's not even like side questy bullshit. My main problem is that the the Fort Condor stuff becomes egregious as you have the buggy, because you have to take the buggy all the way back to Costa del Sol, ride the thing to Junin, fly out, use the buggy, go back to Fort Condor like after every mission. So it's like if you wanted to go through the rigmarole of doing Fort Condor every single time. You have to keep using the the thing until you get the um, tiny Bronco. And even the tiny Bronco, at least with that, you have a little easier access to Costa del Sol, but you can't take it all the way home with you. Because by the time you get the airship, the final Condor side quest is open. So it's kind of like, eh. It's a lot of extra backtracking. But eh, I think a fast travel system or a... Um, how would I, how would I put it? A zoom feature like in Dragon Quest, where you can zoom to cities you've previously visited, would solve that issue. So that would make me more conducive to actually doing Fort Condor. Um, Wu Tai is great. Nibel is great. Rocket Town is cool. Um, Cosmo Canyon is great. Just so many cool little little sequences of things. Um, but Nibel has the the safe. Um, I knew what the combination was because I looked it up. Really, the idea is you're supposed to fall in line with either Gast or Hojo. I think it's Gast, but I could be wrong, messing with you and saying, I've hidden something in this thing and, you know, do the whatever. You know, you're supposed to look in these paintings and you're supposed to look in these side rooms. And I'm like, fuck this. I'll just do it. The problem with the safe is that if you mess up in any direction, you have to restart the entire thing. So you have to input the button, turn it, and put it again, and get all four. But then you get like the Odin. You get the Odin thing, which is which is cool. Lost number I found is way easier than I'm than I'd imagined because you can paralyze him, which really screws up a lot of bosses more than you'd think. Uh, much like poison in remake. Poison is an underrated mechanic. When it works, it will work. Poison works great in both the games, the original version and remake. I found that Poison works great, Paralysis works great, and then Lost Number gets fucked. So you get through Nibel, you do all that stuff. Um, Wutai, the Pagoda, going through all of the stuff with Yuffie's kind of neat because Corneo's back in there. Um, the biggest drawback of going to wutai is the fact that you don't have your equipment you don't have well you have your equipment you don't have your materia you're fighting a dude that cast arrow three and then you deal with yuffie's freaking um pagoda you can come back later like you can get like the best equipment in the game and just snipe dudes it's it's not very sporting but you can do it so I've taken I've taken steps to just wait to do that really but yeah you can you can beat um, with proper planning, you can beat the Pagoda and get the Leviathan Materia, which, to be fair, is when you're supposed to get it. Um, let's see, Wu-Tai into the date, um, then into it, and yeah. Okay, and then we get into Icicle Inn. It's bullshit! I hate snowboarding. I hate it like a bunch of balls and a bag of dicks. Um, so, the snowboarding thing cool idea it's very slippery it just is 
it, it's it's like trying to play Mario Kart, but worse. Um, Mario Kart, you're allowed a little bit of slip and slide, especially like Super Mario Kart. Maybe not in like 64 and other games with maybe a little bit more traction, but this is like, ugh. this is very slippery. This is not you. I will I will guarantee you if you watch the Strife Sucks at Snowboarding episode. I probably did the absolute worst anybody's ever done at snowboarding. And the worst part is, is I remember going through that entire thing like five or ten years ago and playing that minigame over and over and over. Like I actually got like a good hour or two hours of experience snowboarding just trying to buff up my my skill a little bit. So you would think that given that I've played the game as many times as I did that when push came to shove, I wouldn't like slip and slide all over the place screwing up so badly that it just became stupid. But so you, so you do what you do. You're trying to slip slide through. You're trying to avoid the hazards. You're supposed to pick up the balloons. The balloons don't matter in the, in the mini game. They matter in the gold saucer version as they get you points. I don't think I've ever gotten the green one. I wish I understood how and why to get the green one over that arch in the hill, but I might have done it once, but I've forgotten how. I don't remember doing it. Um, so I've even gotten Cloud to do the loop-to-loop roll in the air, but I can't seem to get that stupid, you know, I can't seem to get the green ones. They're meant to be picture perfect and i'm sure they exist for a reason but they're just there to taunt me um speaking of taunting you the entire uh um great glacier itself i get what they were going for but um having a timed mechanic for you to like falter and fall to the floor when you're trying to do random encounters in the remake where you're a well, not the remake, but the remaster, where you're able to turn off random encounters, so you're focusing more on where you're going and not how you're fighting, how many people. You can mess around with the icicle, you know, jumping thing and figuring out how many times you can fuck up and still make it. The biggest problem is trying to find the snow lady, the Yukiona in the cave, and um, getting Alexander. So touching the hot spring and still making it to the lady. A lot of it depends on where you go. The snowboarding kind of veers you in four separate directions. Um, something that I've always wondered, though, much like the Priscilla minigame with the CPR, is why did Cloud have to do it? Because I know that the snow woman is technically a monster, but you have to think the optics of the situation. Um... And I know you're doing it for a prize, but but bear with me. I have the I have this as a as a thing. You were going to the hot spring. You're going into a cave. If you haven't touched the hot spring, the lady just says, "Leave me alone." That's all she says. She doesn't say nothing else. She just says, "Leave me alone." She's the same fight that you fought three or four other times. The snow lady, you know, like four thousand HP, whatever. You do that. You touch the hot spring. She gets pissed. Because you've invaded her cave. So you're at fault the entire time you're doing this. You are in the cave. You leave the cave. You go to the hot spring. You touch the lady with the hot hand from the hot spring. Then you kick the shit out of her. Like, monster or not, I've always kind of felt the optics of the situation are kind of weird. That you're taking her stuff just to get the Alexander material. I don't know if anybody else has ever thought that way. I might be the only person to think, yeah, that's kind of strange and dumb. Now that you think about it, you're beating up a lady who's just in a cave somewhere. Eh, I don't know. Just thought I'd mention that because I don't know if anybody's ever brought that up. It's kind of... Eh. But anyway, so you get the Alexander material, you do the thing, you climb up Gaia's cliff, and you do the, the shivering minigame. Yeah. <laughs> Not as annoying as some of the other minigames, but it's like, why? <laughs> why? Again, it's. It, I think they thought, overthought the mechanic. And I have complained too. I've said, why don't people wear heavy clothing in those segments or wear less clothing in the hot segments? You know, for, for reasons. So I give them 
some credit for coming up with the idea. But just because you have an idea doesn't mean you have to do it. Because the main idea is that if you fall, you have to redo the entire fucking dungeon again if you make a mistake. You're liable not to, but the way that the, the thermometer works is that it will get you to 38 and then instantly go back to 37, like within seconds. So you have to do it again. You have to press the buttons a little bit more just to give you a couple more seconds of 38, you know, degrees. And it's kind of... So if, you're, if, you're, if your path is wrong... And you're already fighting dudes on your way there. You're fighting Marlboros. You're fighting icicles. You're fighting these dudes that cause, you know, magic breath, which fucking hurts. These dudes that do toxic barf of all things. Just little stupid shit, you know. And it doesn't... When you fail, like much like when you fail on land in the Great Glacier, it doesn't feel good. It just seems unnecessary not saying i don't appreciate the effort and execution it just seems kind of uh, is that really necessary but anyway you get through all that next mini game is a slap fight <laughs> so so you get through all you're gonna get through with the with the stuff and you get back to june and you're with tifa she's climbing down the thing um, and then scarlet runs her down and I, again, I have to admit, Lee doing the Scarlet voice was, was really good um, because she said she doesn't get to be the villain all that often. So it's kind of neat. Um, but anyway, Scarlet and Tifa get into a slap fight and I've actually lost that fight. You can lose it. And it, it, it's a weird timing thing because even if you hit the buttons properly, you sometimes fuck up and Tifa won't slap fast enough because you would think a trained fighter versus a dominatrix woman who doesn't really have any like as far as i know doesn't do any basic training you know because she's never shown to do anything she's shown to be a domineering bitch she doesn't strike me as the person who spends her off hours you know punching things but mechanically slapping somebody is different from punching them and and lest we forget while i'm thinking about it the gas chamber oh boy legs legs up and back head and legs hit the arms done if you fail that it takes forever to get it but it's one of those things like once you understand the mechanics of getting the key it kind of becomes second nature kind of like the safe um but it's 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 again just little stupid things that they added for the sake of it um I don't know if they would do a thing like in Metal Gear Solid where you get captured and you actually physically could die from it. That would have been an interesting mechanic, but I can see why they wouldn't have done that. Because that would be a bullshit move. Um, and I'm not even saying you can't save or there are no continues like Metal Gear Solid does. It's the, oh, you're going to die from this. Yeah, that would, that would, that would be tense. That would suck. Um, but you get that done. High wind is yours to avail to do what you want. You can do little stuff like playing the piano at Tifa's thing. You can do the chocobo racing. You can do the forest. Um, there's a lot of stuff at that point, and that's where the the side quests go. So we've done the snowboarding. We've done all that. We'll do the submarine now. Um, simple stuff like getting Sid's code and whatever. He has a bit of a dialogue if you get the code right the first time. I think it's circle XX square or square circle. I think it's square circle XX if I remember. And it's almost like winking to the camera, but he doesn't like turn around and face you. It's kind of like, yeah, you must have known that code. <laughs> That's the only way you would have known. <laughs> you know, uh, the the rotating thing in the um, with the train in in uh, Mount Coral, getting the train to go within 10 minutes. I've found you can beat it in like five minutes if you're properly trained. Um, you don't get Ultima if you let it blow shit up. Um, I've actually had that happen once where the entire train just bulldozes the town and everything is just... Uh, so you don't get the huge material. You don't get the Ultima. You don't get... I, I think you could still get Catastrophe, but don't quote me on it. It's been a while since I've done that. Um 
but you get into the rocket and you do that thing and all these little things all these little side quests and fun things um the um chocobo breeding is kind of the main quest and there are two ways about it you can not race at all and kind of glitch your way to it or you can race and i think racing is kind of fun um because all those stats end up mattering to an extent because you need three races short long whatever i i wish it was two long races and three short ones but but that might be something they would change here and there the long race is kind of neat but i am very grateful they did the short race um but it really stands to reason the just sheer amount of bullshit it goes through to catch a chocobo um lee and i took about 45 minutes to get the chocobo off camera like on and off camera and then we finally fucking did it and it was just really stupid because you have to get a good a great wonderful good and a great to breed into the water and the the river and the mountain um what what we found is that the breeding time has nothing to do with races has nothing to do with time elapse it has everything to do with the amount of fights you're in because we were doing that glitch where you can actually get the chocobos without having to race at all and it was all a matter of how many fights i wish i'd known that when i was a kid because if i would spend hours racing and get myself to a um some chocobos like the good one like you could get to b but as soon as you get to a you're just like uh, because you're facing off against the black chocobo that guy's cheating lying conniving son of a bitch he's always gonna have better stats than you it's fucking bullshit just saying that but you can bleat you can you could bleat yes you could bleat the black chocobo by basically have him have his like keep him like keep wiggling your butt in his face so he can't get past you that's the only way i can remember getting past him until you get a faster chocobo the mechanics of it is the mountain chocobo can go right through the the short course really well the long course you need the river chocobo but there's more chance for teo to to fuck you and overpass you um with the longer course than the short one um but having enough of that trick where you can keep rebalancing your stamina and just keep you know as long as he's not on screen as long as teo's not on screen by the time you're at the finish line he's not going to pass you but there's never a guarantee that he's not going to so you do that mess it's really dumb um but you keep working through it you keep getting the you know the chocobos as you get progressive chocobos you unlock more stuff you unlock the ancient forest which is a it's a cool puzzle mechanic thing of throw these things into frogs and they'll eat the frogs and the frogs will eat the whatevers and the frogs will bounce you up and you bouncing up and down trees so you can get really good equipment um it's a two to three screen thing the main the main um things you get are better weapons for several characters you get the typhon materia which is uh in the original version of final fantasy 6 his name was chupon um it's this weird weird looking thing i don't know where they redesigned him but in final fantasy 16 typhon shows up again as this like undead necrotic evil decaying looking dude so he went from this like wind spewing porky pig slash monster cloud looking thing to a necrotic decaying wizard thing interesting redesign if i might say so i'm i'm wondering if it's the same guy the name is the same so i'm i'm concerned but but yeah you do that i didn't even talk about the digging oh god the digging game so we get through the ancient forest we can do the digging mini game so um before the end of disc one you can do the digging mini game the idea is that you you take five workers you um you balance off where they're standing my method is to do two guys on top three on bottom or three on top two on bottom so right on the left and right sides and one in the middle like right where the where the um 
the stone skull head is. Then there's one on the side near the ladder. Then there's one near the dude in, in the hill on the bottom. And the lunar harp is usually on the top. It's very exacting. I will give this game this much. It's very, it's like finicky about where you need to be, like to the 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 millimeter, where you're supposed to hit the gut, like hit the button to get you to go, and it can it can mess you up. The amount of times I've gotten nothing in there, even though there's like no other treasures, is kind of frustrating because you can get anything from the Lunar Heart, which is what you need to succeed, to a mop for Sid. Yes, a mop as a weapon. You can get, um, I want to say, I'm trying to think of all the things you can get in there. I've gotten the mop and the Lunar Harp. That's specifically the things. The key to Sector 5 as well. The key to Sector 5 opens up everything to get you to um, Tifa's final weapon. And honestly, her final weapon kind of sucks if I'm not being... if I'm being honest. Because I think it's tiered to how many times you've hit and miss on her uh, limit break. That's kind of... Because some people get like higher HP, more damage, higher SP, more damage, more people you kill, more damage. The more times you miss, the more damage. It's never been my preferred way of calculating damage. So I found her weapons to not always be the best, but you can grab it. Um, but back to the, the ancient forest, you did the ancient forest, you're doing the chocobo racing. So you unlock all that. You can do, um, getting the black chocobo, getting the gold chocobo. I find that, Mountain Chocobo can get me sometimes to A rank. When we found out that it didn't really matter and then the ranks are all about getting better items and shit, Wonderful Chocobo can actually get you pretty far despite having no benefits at all. It's just really good and really fast. You can actually get to A or S with a Wonderful, but Gold Chocobo is broke. Black Chocobo is broken. It's really handy. Um, getting all the special equipment from getting the Chocobos. Even that stupid HP MP plus material. We found out that the HP MP plus material or switching material can get me to uh, 777 and help with Emerald and Ruby. So the weapons. Hooray, the weapons. Not as bad as I initially thought. Um, if you do it right, um, I was just fucking around one day and thinking, Hey, maybe I should give Emerald a shot. I'm like level 60 something. I've got, you know, HP absorb and Knights of the round. I remember seeing that as the method. Cause some people use Barrett's limit break, the anger max or Unger max thing. And they copy his limit. Sometimes they mime Knights of the Round, and I use HP Absorbed. The The mechanic I saw was from a streamer known as Redweird. He did, I'm sure a lot of people have used this method before, but his method was HP Absorb on Cloud, Mime, and Knights of the Round. I had an extra Mime because I was leveling up so much. I had that on Tifa, and Barrett was just there for support. And outside of getting wrecked by, like, one move right at the tail end of it, I killed Emerald in the second time. And then I showed up on camera and did it for realsies the next day. Um, so I was kind of proud that I was able to do that because I was under the assumption they were harder than that. Or it's just because I wasn't prepared to beat them as quickly as I did in the game. Ruby is a little bit more finicky because it has an Ultima counter. But um, if you do it properly, you can avoid the mechanics of the Ultima counter with paralysis. I'm shocked as hell that I super boss, and technically the hardest one, because you're usually fighting it solo until you use Phoenix. It does all those stupid status effects. It beats the shit out of you but it can be paralyzed you could paralyze it and then cheese it with knights of the round you have to keep casting paralysis bullshit but you can cheese it because it technically has less hp than emerald does so color me surprised that i was able to actually pull that one off um getting back to other cool stuff there was a submarine minigame um i've failed 
that minigame once, and I'm ashamed of myself. The, like, there's, like, no, like, middle ground. You either get that guy immediately because he's right on screen, but if you miss and miss him at all, it is really hard to track him again. They really need to fix that for the remake because the tracking on this game is atrocious. I don't know what kind of submarine game they were basing their their minigame on, but the tracking and lack thereof of these submarines really makes trying to go up and down and trying to find them in these minefields of trenches it's frustrating. They give you so much time. So there's no reason you should fuck up. But I've had instances where I wasn't able to find the guy. I lost him once and he's gone. And I couldn't find him again. If you're able to just pile on missiles, you can beat him in five seconds. So God forbid what the other difficulties are if you can beat the guy in five seconds. But that's my thought on the on the submarine minigame. It's it's it, it's again, it's these games are kind of poorly designed when you think about it. They're there for distraction. Um, hooray! Ambulance going across my building. Great. Anyway. So, do, do, do. Oh, yeah. Final minigame. The Battle Arena. Um, how do I want to approach this one? Um, saving the Chocobo Racing and the Battle Arena for the end is really what you want to do because it costs a lot of money. Um, but it also really helps if you have like ribbons, you have accessories, you have items. Don't, don't neglect having good items or good magic because the mechanics of the battle arena are such that it can mess you up. You can have the best elemental protection. You can still get screwed over because any of your material can get broken at any time. Your speed can get halved. Your time can be t you can take damage. You can have no items. So if you're berserked or whatever, yeah, you will avoid you know dying and whatever. But in the stage of a fight, if you're berserked, you're fucked. So my method is to use stuff like regen so that I don't have to worry about healing too much. I can just heal in the span of a fight. Um, double cut materia, four times cut materia, slash all cool things to have. Uh, Ultima times four, you know, nights of the round for some of the harder ones. Because you can't really predict what you're going to face. There are certain enemy groupings after a while. But then every once in a while, you're going to have the ghost ship. And his entire thing is to fuck with you like Chupon in Coliseum, where he's supposed to knock you out of the arena and you get nothing, which is a dick move. Um, but you can fight Ochus, you can fight Proud Claude, you can fight Vipers from the Jelnica or Gelnica airship. That place hurts. So if you wanna if you wanna grind out levels, you go there, but it hurts a lot. So be forewarned about that. So you can fight those dudes. Um you can fight the Raps dude from uh, Whirlwind Maze. You can fight the Snow Woman again. Just cool little intricate things. You fight this like rare encounter, this gigantic silver grayish dude who punches the ground and you take damage. Like he's just stepping on you or punching you. Like I've almost never seen him in the in the in the uh, comet in the meteor, but that's where he's supposed to be. You're climbing down the meteor and he's in like a one time you know. Uh, fight or something and he shows up and he shows up a lot in the arena and he just punches you he's gigantic you fight a, sna a sandworm I give them a lot of credit for the amount of nuance that it takes to get there but the arbitrary battle points and the the absolute bullshit of the slot mechanic which can really screw you up if you get like all materia broken or your ribbon is fucked or your weapon is halved, like your weapon damage. Your entire attack strategy with Cloud in most cases is either enemy skills for heals, like White Wind and Big Guard and, you know, regen for extra heals, or Ultima or high-level spells, 
or more assuredly, Ultima weapon. So if you can't do two times damage or your damage get cut or your HP goes down, it really slows you down. And really, you're taking a good hour to two hours to get Omni Slash and Knights of the Round. So it's a race against time because you can't heal. Because you can't do anything in battle other than that. If you try to save your progress, the game defaults to zero points. That's a big bullshit move because they don't default your GP in, in the Chocobo minigame. So you win stuff at the Chocobo minigame, you're free to leave and save. But in the battle arena, you gotta rush your ass all the way every single time to those special equipments and special bonuses. So it, it, it's kind of like it's an unnecessary annoyance that they could have avoided and I hope they do later. Um, I'm just looking at where we're at. But that should do it i'm pretty sure that's all the mini games that i can think of obviously big small annoying not so annoying fun it was a kind of a trip down memory lane sort of thing that was what this episode was kind of being because there's only so much you can do about the side questy stuff in the scope of like a main review when you're trying to talk about story and characters and plot and all that. But this was a design to go down memory lane about all of the mini games and side quests. And to be fair, I do think they learned from their mistake because it's a good idea in theory, bad in execution. In most cases, final fantasy seven was an exercise in excess they tried so many things, and a lot of it worked. It's still a really fascinating game, but the more you replay it and the more you see it, or maybe if you've seen it for the first time and thought, what the fuck is that doing there? The less you find it all, the more interesting, because then you start dreading some of the things you're going to do. Are the heart, are the side quests the hardest things in the world? No. It's just a lot of like kitchen sink things that may or may not work in context, which I hope in the remake... They do a good job. They've tried to maintain the essence of the minigames, but change them enough that they fit more. Like adding a rhythm game to the Honey Bee Inn, I would have never called that. I was, I was impressed. Adding in the summoners, uh, you know, the summons, you know, fights. You do that shit. You didn't have to do that. It's kind of a cool, neat mechanic, you know. So. The remake has its own side questing, so they have their own cool things that they can add to the characters while still holding true to, hey, we had this thing from the original, let's retool it, find out what could or could not have worked, and redo it in a way that may or may not work. So they don't have to get rid of everything. Because for all, all that I've said, for everything that I think is kind of shit, you can redo it. Or you can find people who don't have as many problems with them as I do. You know, the CPR minigame, the Fort Condor. There are probably people who enjoy those little things. So it's better to have a thing than not have a thing. Unless it's a really, really egregious situation that is mandatory. If it's a mandatory thing, then you're in trouble. That's when it becomes a problem. If it's a mandatory thing blocking your progress, that's when it becomes less of a, hey, hey, this is funny too. Get this fucking over with right now. I just want to get back to the fighting. So it becomes a give and take. I appreciate the effort it took to go into this sort of situation, but I can also understand that you didn't need to do that. So Final Fantasy VIII, Final Fantasy IX... Not so much Final Fantasy X, but they did it in a different way. They scaled back on the amount of shit that you needed to do, and they geared it more towards the four to five main things that you could do, which made much more sense. But I'll get to those games on a different day. And that will do it for me. And let's see, schedule-wise, what is going on here. Because that was Final Fantasy VII side questy bullshit. I love that term. I don't know why I started doing it. I don't know if I heard it somewhere else or I just made it up. But I just love saying side questy bullshit. Um, but let's see. Next week, at uh, in recording of this, we'll have Trigun Stampede. 
So that was a show that I was not looking forward to. Well, I was looking forward to, then a couple episodes in, not really looking forward to sticking with, and then it turned out to be really good. So hooray for that. Um, August 27th will be the finale of the uh, Phoenix Wright trilogy, Trials and Tribulations. Absolutely the best one for many different reasons. Um, I don't, as much as I like the first and second one, the third one's the best, and I'm not going to lie. Um, after that, um, another anime, and I believe I'm going to go with Interviews with Monster Girls. As stupid a name as that sounds, if you've seen it, you'll know that it's actually a really interesting show and nothing like you'd expect because you would expect it to be like a harem or some goofy, stupid show. No, it's actually got some unique, cute mechanics and concepts at play and digging into the lore. Um, So it's a lot more subdued than you'd think it would be for a comedy. And I actually like it a lot, so I'll be happy to talk about it. And I might even later on get a chance to rewatch it, but I've watched it like three or four times. I know what I'm going to talk about. But that'll do it for me. Once again, if you like this video, like, share, and subscribe. And I'll be back next week with more Citizen Strive signing off.